You're listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast of the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Produced by Radio Mankato with your host, Historical Society Executive Director Jessica Potter. And now, Surrounded by History. Hello and welcome to Surrounded by History. I'm Jessica Potter and today I'm with Alex Johnson of Radio Mankato. This, this program explores the history all around us, the history in plain sight every day in this Mankato area. Today we are going back to January 1920. Okay, to start out, let's put on our U.S. history hat. Go back to um, whatever civics class you need to, Alex, okay? <laughs> okay. All right, now remember, we want to remember what was happening at this time in history. This is where the history geek in me is going to totally come out. All right. So 1920... The United States um, and our local communities have just come out of what war? That would have been World War One, A.K.A. the Great War. The Great War. Um, and so the war has ended. Um, we've made it through the influenza pandemic. I remember that. I, see, I like history myself. <laughs> I am quite a history buff. I, I do remember the 1918 influenza outbreak yes. and stuff, and it affected millions of people. Absolutely. Millions. It actually killed more people than the war did. Isn't that crazy to think about? It is insane. And it was a pandemic because it was worldwide. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. And now we're, we're back into, you know, the influenza hitting our hometowns, but it not as a pandemic. Right. Not, so Yes. Not as severe. <sighs> okay. So 1920. It's a new decade. Yep. And magically, we're in another new decade. Crazy? 2020 I, now. I know. I love it. <laughs> um, so jazz music is filling the air. I, I'm loving it already. Prohibition is uh-huh. in full swing. Yep. So no drinking alcohol. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So with all of that happening, it's time for a celebration. And so our community decided to throw a big party, the midwinter extravaganza known as the Mankato Winter Carnival of 1920. And their slogan, just for fun. Just for fun. Just for fun. Because that is exactly what it is. It's That's just right. for fun. Just for fun. You know what I like the best about this already is the fact that uh, we live in Minnesota. This is a cold climate. <laughs> and yet here we are having carnivals in the dead of winter just for fun. Just for fun. That is a perfect slogan. I know. I love it too. And in fact, the whole winter carnival thing came out, came about in the um, 1880s. Um, oh. A New York reporter um, wrote that St. Paul was the Siberia and it was unfit for human habitation in the winter. <laughs> so um, so St. Paul, our beautiful city to the north, um, was very, very... Uh, angry about this attack that they were having from New York reporters. And so the Chamber of Commerce decided to um, throw a winter carnival just to prove that uh-uh, it is habitable in Minnesota in the winter and we have fun <laughs> and we blow outside and we you know have parties. And so the first winter carnival in St. Paul was actually held in 1886. Okay. All and right. we know that as like the reigning um, Saint, the winter carnival for the state of Minnesota. Um, but actually they only um, had a winter carnival for little bits of time and it the carnival that we know today that happens every single year actually started in 1946 okay. um, after world war ii all right wow. so, after the second great war after the second yes. great war let's hope that we don't have any right. great wars no more. so um so back to mankato back to our 1920 winter carnival um so this was a really interesting event um 
it pulled together the entire business community, service clubs, um, the Elks Club, the Kiwanis, all of these different service clubs and local businesses. Um, at this time, um, most of our business community was downtown. Um, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit in a second. But all of these these different groups came together and said, we need to have an event um, similar to what they've been doing up in St. Paul. At this time, the Winter Carnival in St. Paul had happened in 1916 and 1917, and then they were kind of just on a break. Sure. Um, I, I would imagine World War One played a right, huge right. reason why. Um, and so they kind of got the nod from the St. Paul Winter Carnival to be able to throw a similar event down here in Mankato. And so they all kind of joined forces to not only promote the community, um, which they they did from edge to edge, but to also bring entertainment to the downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the thing I need to mention, though, is downtown Mankato at this time, remember 1920, this is um, an interesting kind of layout of our downtown. It runs north to south like we have today. However, put on your little your your backward thinking mind here and realize that there's no civic center. There's no Mankato Place Mall to break up the flow of this continuous street. Right. Yeah. See, and that that already baffles me. And and just so we're clear, <laughs> I'm already pretty new to the Mankato area. Um, I've you know I've lived here for the better half of a year now. Uh, but I I will say like thinking about that like. No civic center, like what in the world? Yeah. Okay, so I'm assuming the street structure was a little different, and 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 there was, you know, not having that that mall downtown there too is is kind of baffling to me. So, mm-hmm. so thinking about it just in general, I'm kind of like, okay, all right. So this is going to take a minute for me to figure this out, but okay. And I think it'll take a lot of people a minute to to figure it out. And so we are definitely going to talk about the whole front street story at another show but for today i want you just to keep in your mind that there's a continuous street from today's um out at out all the way out by highway 14 okay that's riverfront drive um that was front street all the way down to west high school Really? That okay. was all just Front Street? That was all Front One Street. One Street. Okay. One Street. So keep that in mind as we talk, because we're going to talk a lot about stuff that's happening in the downtown, and it was all happening on Front Street. Mm-hmm. Um, so they also, this is a, an interesting thing for us to be thinking about is too, is that they were really taking advantage of passenger train travel. Interesting. Okay. So when I tell you about all of the different communities that were involved in this festival, it's going to, you have to put on that memory that cars are still relatively new. I suppose. Yeah. Not everybody had one. Not everyone had one. And train travel is how people from outside of the community are going to get here. Okay. Okay. So lots of crazy stuff happening. So, but it's kind of interesting to think about how things have changed, but how they stay the same. And isn't there kind of discussions about passenger train travel right now? Oh, I know. Yeah, it is. It's weird because I I have definitely heard that there is, I just read an article not too long ago that they want to build a a train line from, I want to say Duluth to Minneapolis or something like that. But you're right. They've been talking about it with Mankato up to the cities too. I'm sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. it would make it so much easier. And it's incredible to think, you know, we were at a point in time where we're like, no, we don't need to do trains anymore. Everybody's got a car. It's fine. But now it seems to be kind of reverting back Mm -hmm. to that, you know, because it is. It's cheaper and it's more convenient for a lot of people. Right. And the infrastructure is already there. Right. So this is one of those 
those fantastic moments when I talk about how history repeats itself. Yes. And uh, this is goes. and this is why we're doing the show Surrounded by History because mm-hmm. it's remembering all of the things that are happening around us every single day and all the stuff that's already happened before us. Right. Okay. So now sit back, take a listen, and let's dig into what these five days of the 1920 Mankato Winter Carnival and why it was oh so much fun. All right. I'm all ready. Right. Let's okay. do it. Here we go. All right. So first of all, I want to talk about the booster clubs because these were pretty awesome. So the booster clubs were made up of local businesses and clubs again, kind of those service mm-hmm. clubs that I mentioned early on. But the great thing about this, so their job was to um, raise funds to uh-huh. really coordinate all of the events, but they were the big cheerleaders. So, I mean, they literally were the boosters of the community and they were out promoting But each booster club, so let's say it was a business like the Sample Shoe Store or Brett's Department Store, they had their own custom-made carnival suits. Really? Girl, they really went all out. They went all out. (laughs) And so it would represent whatever their color scheme was. The, The suit would be designed however it best fits that that company or their that organization and um and so the whole town i cannot even fathom this the whole town is just filled with people in these different suits carnival suits it's incredible oh i just so over 30 different booster clubs participated in this event and they sold booster buttons to raise funds, um, but they also, this is where we go back to the train, they also hopped on the train, a special train, mm-hmm. and just went south and hit all of the towns along the route before it looped back to Mankato, and they would get off, I mean, they filled an entire train with people <sighs> over, I think it was over 300 people went on this train track yeah um and every time they'd get off in a small town they'd be promoting that hey come to mankato in january because we're gonna have this big winter carnival and so it was just absolutely i just i just think about even social media social media can't spread the word as much as a train a train load of people hopping off at the station well and i was gonna say earlier when you were talking about the 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 30 uh clubs that that had their own custom uniforms Mm -hmm. and costumes made it's just the the thought of that amount of community involvement alone is staggering let alone taking a train and getting people from all across south of here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just already baffling. I know, I know. This is just this event is just oh, it is, but it's it's been inspiring me for for a long time. And when I've learned about it, and so that's so why I'm so excited to share it with you guys now. Um, the other piece that the the club was responsible for was each club selected their own queen. So they had a female that would lead their booster club and there is going to be a queen carnival queen contest. Very nice. So the carnival queens um, were award. The the winner was the young lady that could sell the most booster buttons. Okay. And you had to have a booster button to be able to participate in some of the things with the carnival. Um, And I'll get to some of these really fun things later. But you had to show your button, show your support. Of course. Okay. So the carnival queen, the other piece of it is you could buy votes. Okay. So a button cost 25 cents. Yes. And so you could, um, if you already had your button, you could just donate 25 cents and that would equal 100 votes. 
Wow. I know. It's All huge. Right. Big okay. money. So I don't know if they had it so that, you know, 10 cents was less or what, but 25 cents would buy you 100 votes. There were ballot boxes all over town with envelopes so you could put your money in it. Mm-hmm. And um, so th- during the whole um, the whole run of the the carnival, they were uh, raising money and and promoting the event and all of this good stuff. And uh, midway into the five day event, uh, they tallied up all of the votes, all of the money raised, and the queen of the carnival was uh, named to Miss Pauline Coke, who was with the Brett's department store. And she raised (laughs) $2,500. Just her alone. Just her alone. That's incredible. I know. Isn't that awesome? Wow. Honestly, I'm sitting here thinking about why we need to do this again. I know. It's been 100 years. Let's, Let's do it. I know. I, but it, that, yeah, except when I tell you all the stuff they did, then we'll understand why it was a one uh, one shot deal. Okay, all right. So at this point, I'm like, okay, cool. And, I know. All right. I know. All right. I'm just thinking of all of the people that were involved. It's just pretty incredible. It is unreal. I mean, like I said earlier, just just the the town, the community involvement alone is is unreal. It is. You know, and then they got all these people from around the around the state and south. I'm assuming did they oh, make yeah. it down to Iowa? They didn't make it down to Iowa, but. Some of the different clubs that um, so each town ended up kind of creating their own their own little club, so okay. to speak. And so out of all of the different places that ended up, so they'd, they'd create their own club and kind of have their own little mini thing happening in their towns. Mm-hmm. But then they would make the trips to Mankato to participate in some of the events. Okay. And so some of those clubs were Vernon Center, Amboy, Albert Lee, Medelia, oh. Le Sewer, St. Paul, and Minneapolis. Wow. All right. Got the metro and Got the metro down here. That's so, right. So pretty cool um, that it wasn't just about Mankato. It was about the whole community. Right. Yeah. So the leader of the pack, the, um, the cheerleader above all cheerleaders, um, was a gentleman that was chosen by the Booster Club, by the, by the planning committee of the whole thing. Okay. Um, his name was Fred Hare, and uh, he ended up for the duration of the the carnival before and during, known as King Ferdinand Rex. That and sounds like a king name. That <laughs> sounds he, like royalty. He presided over the festival, over the carnival. He appeared around town throughout the festival. He was decked out head to toe as, a, as the king of the carnival. And um, he was definitely part of those uh, those rides, those train trips down to the different towns. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a court, the king's court, which included an ice palace that was constructed by the local bricklayers union. And the ice was provided by Miller Ice Company, which was a local um, company in Mankato at the time. Okay. And uh, so the Ice Palace was quite a sight. It was actually electrified as really? well um, so that they could be all lit up at night. Right. Um, I'm and sure I'm sure that looked amazing. And I know there's probably like 1920. Did we have electricity? I was thinking that, but I didn't want to be that person That's because okay. I don't know how long, elect- how, when was electricity? Do you know? Yeah, I do. I do. Electricity arrived in Mankato in 1885. Oh, okay. So it had been so around for it had some been around. time yet. But still, it's still relatively new. But it still feels weird. It's like, really? There was electricity? <laughs> um, and so that was, so King, King Ferdinand Rex, 
he presided over everything, including um, parades, lots and lots of parades. I, every time I was reading in the newspaper and I'm like, there, I'm at another parade. Today's another parade. Today's another parade. Yeah. So the grand opening parade, though, I, you got to wrap your brain around this. The grand opening parade, the city council and the mayor, the mayor at the time was E.V. Waters. Okay. Um, the city council float was pulled by 84 horses and wired with lights. Oh and my gosh. The mayor he rode upon the float and he sat in a throne. And, really? and so this is where we're down on, on Front Street. So now we can't even begin to fathom. But um, at for the opening parade, 12 blocks of Front Street. Again, we can't get our brains wrapped around that from liberty which would be south front to rock which would be north front aka riverfront drive Mm -hmm. they had festooned lights red white and blue all over these streets 12 blocks um downtown and that is where the grand parade went up and down or went down Seeing something uh, like that yeah. it would just be really incredible. I know. I can't, I just, I cannot even imagine. And so um, for the grand parade, for the opening ceremony, the the um, mayor handed the gilded gold co- key to the King Carnival, um, the Carnival King, Ferdinand Rex. And nice. he, Is that like a key to the city? Kind key of to thing? the city. Oh, okay. All right. Exactly. All right. Yep. He gave him the key to the city and, um, and he was officially in charge for the next five days. So, um, wow. but almost every day they had parades. The booster clubs were encouraged to come out um, really to just I just I can't even imagine. I think they were just being cheerleaders every single moment they had. Um, they would close businesses early in the afternoons so okay. that people could participate in the events. So the events, besides the parades, besides the the car, the Queen um, competition, there were dances all mm-hmm. the time. There was a particular spot that played that. 1920s jazz music so that you could take in all of the jazz of the time (laughs) that brand new hip stuff (laughs) that brand new hip jazz (laughs) um there was ice skating there were multiple rinks um that were just you know flooded throughout the community but the corner of front and main street and so if you think of front and main today that's about where the blue earth county library sits sure Okay, so that had a um, public rink, the SLU, which is out by West High School. West High School would not have been built at this time. Mm. Um, That area is known as the SLU. So there was ice skating out there. There was champion exhibit exhibition skaters in both speed skating and fancy skating that were here in Mankato um, participating in different meets. Mm -hmm. Um, There was also championship ski jumpers that were here um, and they had created a ski jump in Tinkhamville. All right. All right. A you're ski like, jump. In, I don't really know what that means. Yeah. Well, and you probably have no idea what Tinkhamville is. And we're going to talk about that another time as well. That sounds great. Um, toboggan sli- slide. I cannot forget that. That was down Main Street between 2nd Street and 5th Streets. Mm-hmm. Um, again, can't even imagine going on a, a toboggan sled down that way. Dog sled races um, from a gentleman. His name was Walter Goni, and he was from the Yukon and from Alaska. And he brought his dog sled team here, and they did daily dog sled races on Mulberry Street. 
okay. on Front Street. Very nice. Curling. There was an airplane um, demonstrations by a local man named Lyle Throw, who was a Mankato-born gentleman who um, went on to uh, do a lot of flying and, in fact, built his own airplane and taught himself how to fly. And our first airport was named after him, Lyle Field. Very nice. So lots of cool stuff. The, um, the closing was the final parade to the Ice Palace. The fire king of the event stormed the royal palace. King Ferdinand was overthrown and fireworks marked the closing of the event. Very nice. That's an unreal event. An unreal event. And um, so that was 100 years ago. Right now we have um, another, we've had other um, different winter carnivals over the past century um, in the 1980s, again in the 1990s, and um, Snow Cato Days happening in January 2020. Very nice. Well, thank you. This was an absolute learning experience. Wonderful. Well, we hope that all of you have also enjoyed listening to today's program as we discovered an incredible community event that happened right here 100 years ago. All of the information shared today comes from the archives of the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Until next time, we hope you will see the history that surrounds you. You've been listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast from the Blue Earth County Historical Society, produced by Radio Mankato. For more information on this and other topics, visit BlueEarthCountyHistory.com or stop by the Blue Earth County History Center at 424 Warren Street in Mankato. Thanks for listening to Surrounded by History. History.